Matthew chapter 5. guys excited to be here? All right, good. Matthew 5, 5, we're doing the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we are at verse 5. We just want to do this one verse. Uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you would help us today. It's so wonderful to come away from the world and have this little respite of time. Uh, to come and to sit at your word and to hear what you have to say to us and, and fellowship with your people and to sing some songs. It's just a, a great recharge, uh, Lord, uh, for our week, and we're thankful for that and so thankful to be, Lord, here this evening. And I know I need this, and I pray that it could be a blessing to your people tonight. And help me, Lord, as we work through the Sermon on the Mount, help us to just... Take your word into our hearts and, and to learn of you, for you are meek and lowly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as Jesus you know, sat down uh, to teach his disciples, uh, he begins by, by teaching them what we have called the Beatitudes, and, and he has all of these you know, blessed are admonitions that teach the truth about God's way of happiness and holiness, because there's a lot about holiness in the Sermon on the Mount as well. Um, but you really can't separate those. There's a lot of issues of holiness when you read the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts off talking about really being happy. And you know, we really can't separate those as a child of God, though. I thought about that today. And if, if we, As a child of God, if we want to be happy, we need to be holy. <laughs> and if we're holy, we'll be happy. But they really go hand in hand. God's happiness will always coincide with holiness. It will also be a holiness that will derive itself not from man's own ability, but it will be a holiness that comes uh, from the child of God that is abiding in Jesus. Now, Jesus says here, blessed are the meek. Now, all of us here, most of us here have been Christians for some time, and we should know, of course, that Jesus is the greatest in regards to one who was meek. Uh, and Jesus wants us to come to Him and to be taught of Him on how to be meek. And you look at Matthew 11, I used it in my prayer, but in Matthew 11, Jesus said this uh, from the King James Version. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I use a King James because a new King James in the place of meek says gentle. But they're a lot the, they're, they're a lot the same. Meek, gentle. Um, and the, the word meek, that's exactly what it means. We might... Identify a little bit more with the word gentle. We don't use the word meek. We might use the word meek in our Christian culture and in church, but the world, you don't hear that word meek too often. It really is not a very familiar word, um, but it should be to us. Webster's first definition of meek is this, mild of temper, 
soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated, yielding, given to forbearance under injuries. All of that describes the word meek. That, that is Jesus Christ. He, he showed that as he walked on this earth. Thayer's Dictionary says mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit. Meekness is a trait that, that is highly exalted and encouraged throughout all the Word of God. I only wanted to spend one message on this. If I took time, I could spend several messages just on the subject of meekness. But when Jesus says of himself, I am meek, in, 11, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, I, learn of me, I am meek. I mean, when Jesus is describing himself of a certain specific character, I mean, this should kind of get our attention and say, oh, I want to be like Jesus, right? Then I must want to be meek. We can be certain that it is a trait that we should seek after. It is a Christ-like trait, and it is a trait that yields much happiness. It's a trait that brings us much joy in the Lord. Blessed are the meek. I mean, where do you hear that in the world? Happy are you if you are a gentle person. Where is that etched on a pillow? Where, where is that in social media, apart from the Word of God? You don't, you don't see that. Right? When it comes to happiness, real happiness, you don't see it ever associated with, with the trait of meekness or gentleness. If people want to be happy, it's not about you know, them seeing themselves in a humble way. If you want to be happy, assert yourself. If you want to be happy, you know you need to rise up. Now some tend to think that the gentle, the lowly of mind, the humble, are supposed to also be the downcast and the frowning. In other words, we associate sometimes a spirit of humility, a spirit of meekness, you know, the gentle, uh, with, with a this certain disposition that almost associates itself as well with a person that's not happy. But that's not what the Word of God teaches. The disciples, listen, they, they were not used to seeing religious leaders display a joyful and happy spirit. The religious leaders of their day, the Pharisees, you can read the Gospels, they never come across as a happy people. And I think that's one of the reasons Jesus starts off with the way He does. He is setting Himself very distinct from their other, other religious leaders. Matthew 5, this is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And immediately He starts talking about blessed are, blessed are. And they have already, I think they've already seen that He's a happy man. And as soon as He starts this, I'm telling you, He is different from the other religious leaders. And it has to get their attention. I mean, this, this man Jesus, he's so happy. He's not like the other religious leaders. He's not like the Pharisees and who are supposed to be so holy, but yet we're not happy. Jesus, the holiest man of the earth. Jesus, I think, the happiest man. Last, on Sunday, we, we read the passage in uh, Psalms talking about Jesus. He has anointed him with the oil and joy of gladness above his fellows. I, believe, I would have no problem saying Jesus was the holiest man on earth. I don't think we should have any problem saying Jesus was the happiest man on earth. Would you? Who's happier? <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Who are you going to say? I believe that. But we don't have that image in our mind of Jesus. 
But folks, I'm a certain that he was the happiest man on earth. But at the same time, at the same time, that doesn't mean he was a pushover. And we'll get to that in just a moment. The Pharisees, as the religious leaders, they do not come across at all as humble. We know that. They were not meek, and they were not gentle. And they also were not happy. Now, also, as I think about all of these blessed R's that, that Jesus gives the disciples, He's telling them that no matter what is going on, you can still have the joy of the Lord. No matter if you are poor in spirit, no matter if situations around you are sad, no matter if you are currently under a Roman government. Listen, that's, remember who He's talking to. He's talking to Jews, Right? Jews who are in their land but are underneath Roman authority. Our happiness as a child of God is not dependent upon the world around us. It is not dependent upon if the government keeps allowing us to be free. It's not dependent upon if circumstances remain good. Our happiness as a child of God has everything to do and only to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. So do we know Him tonight? Are we walking with Him? You know, Jesus said, as in Matthew 11, He said, to learn of Him. Why? He says, for He is meek. Listen, when Jesus says, I want you to learn something from me, I'm meek. He, he's really telling us something there. Meekness also is a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So if we want to be meek and happy... We must abide in Jesus. Now, I say that, and then we need to ask ourselves, are we? Are we meek and happy? I want to say meek and happy because sometimes we might be able to, to fool ourselves a little bit more thinking that we're meek, but are we happy too? Because they do go hand in hand. Blessed are the meek. Jesus, the closer we get to Him and abide in Him, we will bear His resemblance, His image of meekness and a joy that the world cannot molest. We, the branches, must abide in the vine if we want to bear His fruit of meekness. If we are closely walking with Jesus and abiding in His fellowship, then His meekness becomes our meekness. For we will be molded into His image. Now, like I said, when some think of meekness, they sometimes associate weakness. Or they think about a person who is a pushover. Just because you can be patient and bear up underneath the injury, that doesn't necessarily make you a pushover. Just because meekness speaks of being gentle, mild, humble, even yielding, forbearance under injury, that does not make meek a weak attribute. One person said that meekness is power under control. Albert Barnes stated this, he said, Meekness is patience in the reception of injuries. It is neither meanness nor surrender of our rights nor cowardice, but it is the opposite of sudden anger, of malice, of lone-harbored vengeance. He said, Christ insisted on His right when He said, If I have done evil, bear witness of the evil, but if well, why smitest thou me? 
Paul asserted in his right when he said, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and has cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. He's just saying, hey, they still stood up for themselves and what was right. And yet Christ is the very model of meekness. It was one of his characteristics. And so of Paul. No man endured more wrong or endured it more patiently than, than he did. They bore all patiently. They did not press their rights through thick and thin or trample down the rights of others to secure their own. Good balance, I think. Listen, Jesus was not weak, but we know He was very meek. Jesus was no coward. Jesus spoke up. Jesus confronted evil. And Jesus challenged evil. Yet in the midst of all the spiritual battle that Jesus was engaged in, yet in the midst of all the spiritual good He accomplished... Everything he accomplished, and he says, I am meek. So meekness does not prohibit us from doing spiritual battle. Meekness does not prohibit us from engaging evil or speaking against evil. The same man who says, I am meek, and showed that many times over as a lamb taken to the slaughter, is the same one who turned over tables when people were selling worship. Yet he was meek. He did not lay aside his meekness and forsake this trait to speak against to, to speak against and to stand against evil. You can be a strong warrior for Jesus, stand up and speak against evil, yet also be humble, gentle, and meek at the same time. It can be done. It's a tough balance to walk, and it can only be walked when we're walking with him. So in other words, stand against the evil, but do it humbly. Do it without malice. Do it without arrogance. Now also, meekness is often marked by a spirit of peace in the Word of God. You'll see those connected sometimes. Um, Psalms 37 is a really good chapter, and you'll find this phrase. You should go, go read it. I talk about the inherit the earth, inherit the earth, uh, like over here in um, Matthew 5. You'll find that phrase inherit the earth several times. Look at what's associated with it there. But, and in Psalm 37, he says this, But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I like that. The meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now, there's going to be a little fulfillment of that one day when Jesus Christ rules and reigns on the earth. We will reign with Him, and guess what? There will be an abundance of peace. But meek will be ruling and reigning. But he'll also be ruling with a rod of iron. <laughs> he will be. But it will be peace and meek. Now, though the world does not have peace, and though we, do not, and though we personally do not have peace with the world that loves evil, and we stand against it, we can still have the peace of God in the midst of all of the madness going on. And that's what I think we've got to remember. I mean, I, get very, I can get very upset, and I think we should be upset over what we see going on with, with the sinful things that are going on in our world, our culture, our schools. I mean, everything's been promoted. We should be upset about that. That should bother us. And at the same time, 
Because our hearts are right with the Lord and we're abiding in Christ, we can, in the midst of all of that, still have a great measure of peace. We can speak against the evil, be against the evil, and all of that, but still, in our own hearts and souls, still be at great peace. And that's confusing for some people. How can you be at peace when all this is going on? Listen, because my peace is not because of what's all going on. How can, how can you be such a peace when this is happening and this is happening and this person is doing that and this is happening in our country and this is happening in our government? How can you be at peace with all of this? I'm not peace with all of that. That's wrong. It's evil. It's wicked. But I'm at peace with God. You walk with Jesus, you can have peace in the midst of that storm. You can have peace in the midst of the madness. My peace isn't dependent upon the government. That's why I can have it. My peace isn't dependent upon if the next best law that comes along gets passed. Though I want to be for it and vote for it, okay? My peace is not dependent upon it. Just because a person is at great peace in the midst of this evil, drunken world, that does not mean that we accept it. does not mean we approve it. Nor does it mean that we do not speak against it. If I can speak against it with meekness, gentleness, and at the same time be at peace with God, and at the same time stand against the evil and say, that is wrong, it's a sin against God. Now just because the meek person also is not easily riled up or upset, I, I like the definition uh, there of um, Webster when he says, um, not easily provoked or irritated. But you need to ask yourself a question if you are really walking with Jesus, if it doesn't take much to just flip your switch and get you mad. You get easily provoked, easily irritated by things because that's, that's, that's not the right character trait for us as children of God. When we abide in Christ and we, we have His meekness, then we don't get easily riled up. People may be very unkind to us but, and mean to us, and we wouldn't approve of that. But meekness enables forbearance when others are cruel. Meekness gives peace in the midst of that storm. Again, Albert Barnes said, Meekness produces peace. It is proof of the, great, of the true greatness of soul. It comes from a heart too great to be moved by little insults. I love that. Let me say it again. It comes from a heart too great to be moved by little insults. It looks upon those who offer them with pity. So in other words, meekness, instead of getting all riled up and mad over little insults, it says, it says oh, I feel sorry for them. What a bad attitude they have. Or, you know, how unhappy they must be to, to just throw those insults around like that at people. Be upset over that. They need help. <laughs> uh, I never will forget the advice um, Tracy's pastor, Wayne Reynolds, gave me one time. And uh, he, he said, you've got to receive insults. Let's say he, said, he said it like this. He probably said it better, I'm sure. Because let's say you're on an elevator, and somebody gets on there and just spits in your face, and, and they get off the elevator, and you just kind of wipe it off and go, I wonder what their problem was. You know, it's like... I like that. That has stuck with me so long. It's just like, because it just shows an attitude of, of not being all, oh, you know, me. It's all, oh, poor soul. Wonder what's wrong with him, <laughs> you know? And, and that's just a spirit of meekness. Not easily upset. Albert Barnes said, He that is constantly ruffled, 
that suffers every little insult or injury to throw him off his guard and to raise a storm of passion within is at the mercy of every mortal that chooses to disturb him. <laughs> I mean, a person's easily upset, he's at the mercy of everybody around him. He is like the troubled sea that cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. End quote. There's so many good things about the meek and the spirit of the meek, that, and there's so many passages, you know, that you can look at. Uh, but before we go on to the latter part of, of this beatitude, um, one thing that I, th- I found interesting is there's a couple passages that speak about uh, the meek being willing to learn. And, you know, meekness is part of gentleness, humility, and, and, and those people are easier to teach. Uh, when you have a humble, gentle spirit about you, uh, Psalms 25, 9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Listen, your ability to make decisions is, is greatly prohibited whenever you have the opposite of meekness, and, and when you're arrogant, and when you're proud, and when you're full of yourself. The lack of meekness corrupts our ability to make judgment. It clouds our decision-making process. It keeps us from receiving God's Word that helps us to make those good decisions. And James 1.21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Meekness enables us to receive God's Word. If a person will not listen to God's Word, then they're not going to make good decisions. Meekness is needed to receive God's Word. Meekness is a fruit of the Spirit. Meekness is Christ-like trait. Meekness is humble, gentle, peaceful. Meekness is not weak, uh, but keeping yourself under control. Then lastly, this promise to the the meek. The meek will not only be happy. They will be a, a happy and blessed people. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, I have no doubt that there's a broad application and and a prophetic truth to this in the sense that, as we mentioned, you know, the millennium in the end. But let's think about this just for a moment because there is application there. We'll mention it again. But the term, this term, the earth, when it says they shall inherit the earth, um, it can can be the land, the land. Um, and when you, when you look back in the Old Testament, you will find there's a lot of references to Israel inheriting the land. Inheriting the land. That's talking about the specific piece of land on this place called earth to the Jewish people. Okay? Who's his audience? Jews. We look at this and we think we're, we're Gentiles. We, look at this, we only think of ourselves. We shall inherit the earth. And we think about the millennial reign. I really believe that in the context of who he's speaking to, he's talking to them as Jews. And he's telling them, hey, I'm I'm giving you the keys here, and you need to know this truth. The meek shall inherit the land. And like I said, they're under oppression right now by the Romans. So, So when Jesus says the meek shall inherit the earth or the land to these Jewish disciples that were under Roman rule in their own land, this has a very... Uh, very much a very specific application for them. God had promised the Jews that part of the earth. And Jesus is telling them, be patient. Be meek. Be poor spirit. 
Be dependent upon me, Jesus. Mourn over sin, as you ought, as we looked at last week. Do not sin in order to obtain what is promised, the land. Right? God has given Israel their land. And they will receive every last piece of that land when one day they finally humble themselves before God and behold Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that will one day happen. And Jesus will fight for them. And they shall obtain everything that He's promised. But Israel will be brought to their knees one day as a nation. They will humble themselves. And they will become meek real fast. But that immediately is when God's going to show up and He's going to fight for them and enemies will be cast out and Israel will have their land as was intended in the covenant. Now, now for us as Gentiles, there's application for us. We are not called to take arms to take over the earth. We are called to stand against the evil by proclaiming the word of God. We are called to overcome the evil by doing good. And we must do this at the same time in a meek manner that exhibits Christ. But know this, one day Jesus is coming back and He's not coming back meek and lowly and sitting on a donkey this time. He's coming back to tread down the wicked with fierceness riding on a warrior horse. He's going to make all things right. And we, as followers of Jesus, the meek, we shall inherit the earth. And let me tell you what, what a blessed time that's going to be. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And when we inherit the earth, it's going to be truly a most blessed time than we've ever experienced. The millennium is going to be so happy. We won't have the sin as God's people of the flesh to deal with. It's going to be a good time, folks. We should be looking forward to it. Let's exercise meekness. But the only way that can be found is through abiding in Jesus. Come, learn of Him. Sit at His feet. Learn of Him. He's meek and He's lonely. Abide in Him. You'll have His meekness. Not weakness, but you will have His meekness. Father, use this lesson tonight to be a blessing and encouragement to your people. And Lord, I do look forward to the time when you'll come back and and Israel is going to be restored. You're going to save them. I know they're going to go through some hard times before that. Uh, But Lord, we're looking forward, Lord, to that time when you'll come back and rule and reign. We'll be with you. Israel will have their land. And and Lord, we'll get to be with you, uh, Lord. And the millennium is just a taste. That's just the beginning. And then it's going to be even better after that. and how wonderful that will be, Lord, when, when King Jesus, our Lord and Savior, rules and reigns. And how wonderful of a blessed time that's going to be. And uh, we look forward to that. Help us to be ready. And help us to exercise meekness and desire that trait now. And we pray in Jesus' name. And amen.